All right, thank you again, Pastor Larry. And I wish to speak to you from the book of Genesis. And uh, the chapter is chapter 37. And there are two verses, namely 9 and 10. I will just read a sentence of the first verse, which is number 9, and base my theme for today from um, that sentence that will be read. You know, it declares that, and he, speaking of Joseph, dreamed yet another dream. And he yet um, dreamed another dream. You know, I read it and um, I can't help but think about your own pastor every time I look at this passage about the dream that he had when he left Big Fork coming to Cloquet. It got to be a dream that brought him here. And after he had that dream, it was really just one service. But he dreamed yet another dream. And uh, you guys started to have two services. But that was not the end. He dreamed yet another dream. And you guys started having three services. But that was not the end. He continued to dream. So he dreamed yet another dream. And you guys established Morgan Spark. And just last Saturday when I came in, I realized that he dreamed yet another dream about um, Brooks. Brookstead, which is really a marvelous dream. With all of that being said, as we look at the text today, I want to look on the topic, the five tests that every dreamer, every dreamer has to pass in order to realize their dream or their dreams. Five tests. Five tests. You know, the big question to us this morning happens to be, what is life without a dream? What is life without a dream? Now, to some people, life without a dream is meaningless. While to others, life without a dream is dull, it's boring, and it is purposeless. However, life with a dream is exciting. Life with a dream will keep you up at night even when your body is tired. Because there's something that gives a purpose. There's something that gives meaning. Life with a dream is exciting. You know, you'll agree with me this morning that Joseph's journey to the palace or to the throne of Egypt was a long one. In that journey, Joseph had to go through hatred. On that journey, he went through jealousy. On that journey, he went through betrayal, persecution, loneliness, trials, reproach, hardship, and imprisonment. But I think like Paul, Joseph must have asked himself, what shall separate me from the love of God? Or in this context, what shall separate me from my dream? And he must have uh, presented some situations. He must have said, shall tribulation or distress or persecution 
our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword. Then he said, nah, in all these things, with the help of God and the dream that he has given unto me, I am more than conqueror through Jesus Christ. I believe that he went on to say, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers are things present or things to come nor height or depth or any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God or from this dream or this vision that he has given unto me. I think all of us need to look at all on what has been said, what has been read, and say, what is it that will be able to separate me from my dream? Shall trials? No. Our takes? No. Persecutions? No. None of these things should be able because in God, we are more than conquerors. By ourselves, we will not make it. But we know in whom we have believed. And we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I believe that between Joseph's um, dreams and their fulfillment, he had five tests. And likewise, between our dreams and their fulfillment, We too will face these tests, just like Joseph. If we're going to realize our dreams, we have to successfully pass these tests. Are we ready for these tests? Do we have a dream? Do we want to be successful? Then we must be ready to take the test. And not just to take the test, but we must pass the test. Are you understanding me? So number one, test number one that Joseph had to pass was what is called the faith test. But what is the faith test? The faith test is that Joseph had to maintain his faith and believe in a dream that nobody else believed in. Do we have a dream? And the only person who believes in the dream, it's you. Joseph had a dream. And the dream that he had, nobody else believed in that dream. Nobody else believed that this dream would be possible. Nobody else believed that someday it would have been a reality. But this man had guts and stamina. He had faith. He believed in the God who had given him this particular dream. And even though others did not believe, he believed In his dream. The Bible tells us that when Joseph. Shared his dream. With his father. His daddy rebuked him. Can you imagine? He was looking for support. But his father did not believe in him. There are times. When we too have our dreams. And visions and aspirations. And we are just excited about these dreams. And we go and share them. But hey, instead of being encouraged, we are what? Rebuked. When Joseph shared his dream with his brothers, we are told that they hated him. 
In other words, it is one thing for people who are on the outside to rebuke you, persecute you, um, brought you or bring you through hardships and trials and do not believe in your dream and your vision. But it is another thing when those inside of your house do not believe in you. Joseph had to face this test. And Joseph had to make up in his mind. If daddy don't believe, I believe in my dream. If Reuben and Simeon don't believe in my dream, I believe in my dream. If Judah and Issachar don't believe in my dream, I believe in my dream. If nobody else believes in it, I believe in my dream. So Joseph had to pass that test, the faith test. Test number two was what we call a patience test, which is really the waiting test. Now, this is the wisdom to know that my dream may not be fulfilled tonight. Can you think of Joseph? He had the dream that one day the moon and the stars, the sun will bow down before him. When is this going to happen? Joseph had the wisdom to understand it will not happen tonight. It will not happen tomorrow, but I'm going to wait. It will happen someday. You see, part of the problem that we have in our churches today is that a lot of people do not want to wait. And therefore, we are part of a fast world system that, boy, we just press a button and everything happens. And therefore, when it comes on to time for us to wait on God, we sort of give God the ultimatum. God, if you don't do it, no! I'm out of here. But Joseph realized that I better wait. Joseph had his dreams at age 17. But Joseph's dreams were not fulfilled until age 30. Therefore, 13 long years had passed. And these were not years that Joseph spent in the palace waiting for the dreams to be realized. These were not days that Joseph spent, amen, in a well-off office waiting for his dreams to be realized. But these were days and years and months that he spent in heartaches and pain and persecutions and trials. But he was waiting for the dreams to be realized. There comes a time when God will have to shape us. He will have to mold us. He will have to bring us through a process in order to get us to where he can use us. God will not grant us blessings and success until he bring us through some roads that we need to go through. But many a times we need prosperity. We need deliverance. We need the blessings. But are we willing to go through the process that it takes to give us blessings and prosperity and deliverance. Joseph had to wait. You know, one of the worst things that can ever happen is to give somebody success when they are not ready for it. Can I say that again? One of the worst things that can ever happen in any nation, in any family, is to give somebody success when they are not mature or ready for success. You know, the Bible tells us about a boy who wanted success, the prodigal boy, 
but he was not ready. And what did he do? He took success and he went away from the place of success into a far country. What he did, wasted. Wasted. You know, God has a blessing for all of us. But God wants to bring us through a process. He wants to take us through that process. But are we willing to go through it? You know, back home, there's a fruit that we call haki. And haki is a delicious food. A matter of fact, it's a part of one national dish. Every Jamaican would go miles just to get a dish of haki and saltfish. So therefore, you know, as the saying goes, in Jamaica, we don't play aki, we eat aki. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. You are good. All right. Forget about my pronunciation. You are good. We don't, we don't play aki. We eat aki. But you know what happened? When haki is like that, if you should, okay, give him back the other one, please. The, okay, when haki is like that, if you take it, it will kill you. It is not yet mature. Now, there are a lot of people don't want to wait until their blessings or their vision or their dream is brought to maturity. And therefore, we try to take it like this and we end up killing the vision. We end up killing the dream. We end up not being blessed and delivered because we have attempted to take it when we are not ready. If we wait until hockey is mature, let me see that one now, please. Thank you, Anna. If we wait until hockey is mature, this is a beautiful fruit. It is just great. So Joseph had to wait. I hear David saying that we are to wait on God. We are to be of good courage and God will strengthen our hearts. You know, in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 29 through 31, it says that God giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might that God increased strength, even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon God, thank you, Jesus, they shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. All because they learn to wait on God. They learn to lean and depend upon Jesus. They have come to a place where they understand. If I did not have a problem, I would not know that God could solve them. I would not know that faith in God is what can remove mountains. Wait on God. Don't run ahead of yourself. You have a God-given dream inside of you. You have a God-given vision inside of you. It could be about your business. It could be about your family. Whatever it is. I want you not to run ahead of God. But I want you to wait upon God. Because when you wait upon God, He will work it out somehow. You may not know how you're going to get there. But you know for sure that your strength and your power is in Almighty God. And whom God bless no man can curse. Wait on God. So Joseph had to pass those tests. Had to have faith in a dream that nobody believes in. 
had to have patience to wait until that dream. After 13 years, Joseph was still there with the right uh, the right attitude, waiting on God. Waiting on God. But thirdly, quickly, he had to pass the strength test. And you may ask, what is a strength test? Now, the strength test speaks to what and who we have on the inside. You see, people who get or draw their strength from external sources will never pass the strength test. Joseph passed this test not because he had cheerleaders. Can you imagine? He was in a pit, but nobody was saying, go, Joseph, go. Boy, someday you are going to get out. And boy, you are going to be great someday. No! He was in prison. Didn't have a daddy around him to say, boy, get up and go again. He was lonely by himself, but he got something on the inside. There are too many of us. The only time we can worship is when somebody cheers us on. The only time we can pray is when somebody cheers us on. But there will come a time that we all need to prepare for when all of our support systems around us will fail and only what you have on the inside is going to stay. And Joseph did not have a pastor to preach to him when he was in prison. Joseph did not have amen prayer warriors, amen praying for him while he was in prison. And Joseph did not have a band playing, amen, and worshiping while he was in prison. But Joseph had God inside of him because the Bible tells us that greater is he who lives in us than he who lives in the world. Can I tell you today that God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. What do you have on the inside of us? What do you have on the inside? Now, a lot of us will not pass the strength test because there's nothing but here on the inside. Absolutely nothing but here on the inside. And therefore, when the test comes, you are going to blow up because there's nothing. You are going to cry. You are going to faint. You are going to run away from Jesus. You're going to run away from church. You're going to give up on everything because on the inside, there is no power. There is no anointing. There is no compassion on the inside. You lack the word of God. You lack the spirit of God. And therefore, you can't make it in the time of problems but I hear Paul saying finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand in the evil days and having done all to stand because you have greatness on the inside of you. It's not a matter of what is on the outside. It's all about what is on the inside of you in your days of pressure, in your days of trials, in your days of heartaches and pain, in your days of persecutions. What do you have on the inside? What do you have on the inside? There are too many of us we are looking to external forces to help us. And because we lack what we have and need on the inside. But Joseph was like a tennis ball. They throw him in the pit, but he bunks right back. They persecuted him, but he bunks right back. They lock him in jail, but he bunks right back. 
They told lies on him, but he bounced right back. He went through hardship, but he bounced right back. He went through pain, but he bounced. Oh, are you understanding me this morning? Doesn't matter what life throw at you. You need to keep coming back because of who you have on the inside. You said, David passed the, or rather, Joseph passed the third test because of who and what he had on the inside. But he had a fourth test that he must pass. And test number four happens to be the focus test. Now the focus test speaks to, will you focus on your detractors around your dreams? Will you focus more on your problems around your dreams? Will you focus more on your limitations than your dreams? Will you focus more on the gainsayers than on your dreams? A lot of us, when we're going through this test, we actually take our eyes off the dream and we place our eyes on the problems. Are you understanding me? The eyes is taken of the dream. Our eyes are taken of God. Our eyes are taken of the power of God. And we have consumed ourselves with the problems that we're going through. We have consumed ourselves with what people are saying about us. What people are saying behind us. What they have done to us at the workplace. What they said about us at the church. But God is saying that if you really want to go further in him, you have to take your eyes off your problems and place your eyes on God. God is saying if you just pray, if you just read the word, if you just lift me up, I will take care of your problems. God is saying, man, if you just do everything that is in your might and your power to do on my behalf, I will take care of your problems. You know, the Paul reminds us that we are foreseen, that we are all compassed about with so great a cloud of weaknesses. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run the race. With patience that is set before us. Looking unto whom the tractors know. But unto Jesus. Oh somebody just lift your hands and say thank you Jesus. Come on just say thank you Jesus. I'll keep my eyes on you Lord. Come on I'll keep my eyes on you Lord. I'll keep my eyes on you Lord. Looking unto Jesus. Who is the author and the finisher. Of my faith. Now Joseph had so many baggages. That could have been easily distracted him. He had sibling rivalry. His dad didn't believe in his dream. They threw him into a pit. He had so many people to hate. Man Joseph lists a person that he could hate. Could grow from here until tomorrow. But Joseph did not keep his eyes on the problems. He kept his eyes on God. He was in prison. He could have been there saying, when I get out of here, I'm going to hurt Mrs. Potiphar. When I get out of here, I'm going to hurt Mr. Potiphar. When I get out from here, Judah and Simeon and Levi and Gad and Issachar and Hasher, when I get out from here, look what they have done to me. But Joseph did not keep his eyes on the problems. He kept his eyes on God. 
Can I talk to somebody prophetically today? You have your highs and your problems, and therefore you are not seeing the breakthrough that you so desperately need. God is saying just for a minute, for a second, take your highs off your problem and focus them on me. And then your dreams will be realized. The devil can delay your dream. He can delay your vision, but he cannot stop you. Once your eyes are placed upon God, you are anointed. You have giftings within you. And God is saying it's time for you to arise and take your eyes off your problems and focus your eyes on God. Be focused, be focused, be focused, be focused. Finally, Joseph had to pass the fifth test, which is really the ready test. He had waited for over 13 years to see the fulfillment of his dreams. What a shame it would have been if when the time came, he was not ready. The time came. Joseph was ready. You know, he had to pass the faith test. He had to believe in a dream that nobody else believed in. He had to pass the patience test. He held on to, a, to the dream for 13 years and refused to give up even in the times of discouragement. He had to pass the strength test. He remained rooted and grounded in his faith and in his God amidst temptations, betrayal, loneliness, trials, heartaches, and all the pressures of life. He had to pass the focus test. He kept his eyes on the dream and not on his detractors. Finally, it was the ready test. What made Joseph ready? The thing that made him ready was that he did not allow his experiences to make him bitter. But he had allowed his experiences to make him better. Trials will come. Our takes will come. Betrayal will come. You name them, they will come in this life. They will come. But will you allow your problems to make you bitter? Or will you allow them to make you better? I believe that in our hearts, in order to pass this test, there are people that we have to release. Joseph had to forgive Potiphar. Joseph had to forgive Potiphar's wife. Joseph had to forgive his brethren. Joseph had to forgive the butler. Everybody that hurt him, he had to forgive them. We will never experience the joy of God until we allow our experiences to make us better and not bitter. And the beauty is, on your own, you can't get to that finish line. But with God, you'll get there. Your daddy is waiting amidst everything to get you across the finish line. Today's communion. I want to tell us today that your daddy is looking on. He wants to take you across that line. You are disappointed. You are hurting. There are so many things that happened to you. But like Derek Rodman's father, your daddy is greater. He will pick you up when you are down. And he will take you across that finishing line. Trust him. Be with him. As the hushers on the prayer team 
Come. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, you are God. You are the God of the mountains. You are also the God of the valley. When things do go wrong, you can make them right. We pray today over this congregation, over every broken and hurting soul today, that God, I pray that your arms will be outstretched even now, and that you will shield, you will shelter, you will protect, you will heal in a very spiritual way the hearts that are broken. You will wipe away disappointments and discouragement. Give strength, Almighty God, where strength is needed. Give peace where peace is needed. And give hope where there is no hope. We commit, Almighty God, this session to you as we shall move into the the breaking of bread at this time. We pray that you will bless and that you will sanctify. Let the life of Christ be found in us as we partake of your broken body and of your shed blood even now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible reminds us, Paul in his writings to the Corinthians. He told the Corinthian church that for I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, He took bread, he broke it, and then he said, heat, for this is my body that is broken for you. In the same manner also, he took the cup after he had supped, and he said that this cup is a new testament in my blood, and this he must do. For as often as he eat of this bread, And drink of this cup. That we all show forth the Lord's death. You know, when we think of the Holy Communion. It is really a divinely given reminder. It reminds us of what took place. Almost 2,000 years ago. When Jesus sat with his disciples. And they broke bread together. When he said, heat, for this is my body that is broken for you. What a time of fellowship. What a time of power. What a time of unity they had together around that communion table. So as we partake of it this morning, we look back on what took place many years ago. But the communion is not only that we look back on what took place many years ago. The communion also reminds us of what is to take place in years to come. Because Jesus told his disciples that I will henceforth not have this with you again until we meet in my father's kingdom. What a thing we look towards as we partake of the communion. That a day will come when we're going to have the very tangible presence Of Jesus Christ. Sitting with him. And partaking. Of the holy communion. What a blessed time that is going to be. 
What a great time that is going to be. And as believers, we look with hope and great, great expectations for that time to come when we are going to have him with us seated at the same table and enjoying the holy communion. But Paul went on and he said, let a man examine himself and so let him partake. As we take it today, can we look internally? We have looking backward at what took place. We had looked forward as to what is to come. But can we turn the light inward and say, God, can you search me? Can you cleanse me? Can you make my life right to partake of this, that which your son has done on my behalf? So today, as the psalmist reminds us, he said, search me, O God, and know my thought today. Try me, O Savior, and know my thoughts, I pray. Then he said, see if there be some wicked ways within me. Because man by nature can be vicious. What have we said about somebody? What have we done? What have we thought about? And as we partake, let's say, God, I need you to cleanse me. I want the very life of God inside of me. Hallelujah. The very life of God. So the Bible tells us that he took bread, broke it. Then he said, heat. Today, this is the bread. We are commanded by him to partake of it. So therefore, can we partake of his broken body together today? Can we partake of the bread at this time, please? You know, in like manner, he took the cup after he had supped. And he said that this cup is a New Testament in my blood. Now, as we partake of the cup, I want you to be, be reminded of something very historical. In the olden days, there were three cups that placed at, your community, at, at any dinner table or supper table. And the Israelites thought that these cups were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jesus took the middle cup and said, this is the New Testament in my blood. It's not Abraham. It's not Isaac. It's not Jacob. It's the New Testament in my blood. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. If you are sick, if you are tired, if you are weary, receive healing now in the name of Jesus as we partake of the cup together, please. We have partake. We have partaken of the cup and of his broken body. The prayer teams are here to pray with those who need to be prayed for. It's your turn. Those who want to just relax and just worship, you can do that also. Those who wish to go, you can. But let me just say that on behalf of Pastor Mike and also of Trenet and the leadership team here, those of you who are visitors, thank you very much for making Good Hope your church home today. God bless you. Shake somebody's hands. And you are dismissed. God bless you.